So welcome to the Soul Food Kitchen today. It's Friday. What date is it today? I it's still go so quick. 27th. It's the 27th of May and tonight, sadly, we are reflecting on the work of um, Andy Fletcher, or Fletch as he was known, um, who has uh, passed away. Now, a couple of reasons that um, I wanted to do that this evening is because I have always been a huge Depeche Mode fan. Um, we broadcast from Southend on Sea in Essex, so just up the road from their hometown of Basildon. And there's a couple of us in the room that actually have a few stories to talk about um, Andy and the boys. So we just want to celebrate Depeche Mode tonight, but also celebrate life and celebrate the fact that, um, you know, we're here and all is good. Music's here to sort of lift us up and to take us into the weekend. Not that big bank holiday weekend yet. No, no. This is just the lovely weekend coming up that leads directly onto my birthday on Monday. So this is my happy 53rd birthday and the happy 50th show. Absolutely. Yeah. Congratulations on your 50th show. My Yay. 50th show. But kind of not. This is part three of the 50th show because it's all taken a bit of a while to get round there. So um, in the house tonight to my left and in your beautiful imaginations is my little brother from another mother. Hello, Dan. It's my imagination. <laughs> like, I, you don't want to know what you're imagining right oh. now. Have you ever seen a picture? I can see him and I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because other people can imagine what they like about my little brother from another mother. Well, yes, but keep it clean, please. My you know, beautiful it's a family show. Um, how are you, <laughs> Nicky Nicholas? I'm all right, thank you, Dan Turpin. Happy birthday for Monday. Well, thank you very much indeed. Uh, yeah, and mm, fifty-three. It's all right. It's all right. It's just, it's just a. It's all right. I'm just twenty years younger. Oh yes. Well, we all know that, dear. And then, and what we both know is we're not we're as old as. Mark Lancaster. Lancaster. Very few people are. <laughs> he was around in the Jurassic Age. I think I'm actually the second oldest DJ on Chipfilla Bomb. Only the second oldest? Yeah, oh. Doug, Doug Kay's older than me. Considerably uh, older than me. I thought younger <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I am the second oldest DJ in the in world. The world. <laughs> well, not far off. We do uh, that because I do a lot of stuff on Twitch and there's a, there's a guy called Scott uh, Somerville who lives up in Edinburgh. And he is like four days older than me. And we always actually thought that we were the two oldest. But there are two more who are older. And we were so pleased when we found out. <laughs> everybody else is like, well, they're in their 40s and 30s. And there's a couple of young, younger ones. There's even some very young ones. Um, but yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm used to being the oldest now. You know. You're looking good for 95. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, no. don't fe I feel 95 at the moment. <laughs> yeah, oh, poor. As long as you're not feeling a 95, that's no. all right. <laughs> Chance of being fine at any, any age. <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers, yes, right? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, well, um, I've got a song to play for you tonight, Mark, um, as a little thank you for it's all green the... Green sleeve, do you remember it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it first came out. Can you imagine what I'm doing to Dan at this moment? Yeah. Yeah. Tweet, 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 went yeah. the bird. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so I do have a tune to dedicate to you tonight to okay. say thank you for all the work that you have done for me and that, you know, without you, we couldn't get this show out. And it is, as much as it's been a bit of a uh, a rocky 
kind of few sessions and you've decked for me enormously and because of that of course yeah. I think I've actually been appeared in more side food kitchens than you have th- <laughs> <laughs> that actually is not true it is. it's not Mark Lancaster it is it can and be true here's your P45 well, good luck in your retirement I've produced every <laughs> single one in the studio for you you have and I've done at least three of, I think even maybe four decked yeah you probably it. have I think so you might be right yeah Yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> you think we only did about three or four remote ones alright don't rub it and in and I was in Every but one, but two of those, I think. So, yeah. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> okay, so you're listening to the Soul Food Kitchen with, with Mark, Mark Lancaster. Lancaster. <laughs> 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 Who is just like DJ omnipresent throughout the whole world at the moment on, uh, on um, oh goodness, Twitch and Radio Islington and God knows where. We've got to so keep him sweet, though, because without him, we actually we wouldn't can't be live <laughs> yeah, or on the air. So. Um, we would yeah. be nothing without you, Thanks, Mark. Marmite. So, thank you very much. Um, let's let's um, hit a couple of tunes and um, yeah, and then we're going to come back to the room and we might share our few stories of Depeche Mode and give this young chap, young Dan, an education because he's like personal Jesus. I don't know anything else. So anyway, the personal Jesus was for um, Laura up in the Kingdom of Fife. That was her suggestion for this evening and also Dan Lancaster's because he didn't know. Dan Lancaster. Dan Lancaster. <laughs> we got married, Mark. Yeah, we, we are. married. I, we, I, we I, I knew it would happen one we day. We kept it quiet, but it's out. <laughs> or I could be your son. Well, it could be. Well, yeah, you, more, you could. Much more likely. Or very grandson, very to be yeah. honest. Oh. <laughs> Every, everything's, everything's optional here. Possibilities are endless. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> right, it's falling apart already. Okay, let's just play some tunes. Let the music do the talking, for goodness sakes.
beautiful tones there of Shalimar. That one was for Mark. Thank you very much. Oh, I do like a bit of Shalimar. Who doesn't love a bit of Shalimar? We, we, if you've been a listener to this show for any uh, any uh, time at all, then you will know that I'm a huge... Well, this show is a huge... Oh, my headphones are falling off. Um, Can you come a bit nearer to the microphone, please? Dear? And get, well, actually, the, I'm, I'm, actually, <laughs> I'm actually sitting on the microphone and it's... Doesn't seem to be picking it's, up. I'm not getting. Much. It's true that um, women cannot multitask as well as men can't. No one can actually multitask because seeing Nikki multitask there was a <laughs> mean feat. I could have got you frame two hundred fifty quid for that. <laughs> <laughs> the headphones falling off, the microphone dropping, and then she was trying to pause the track at the same time. Oh, you are such a mean bean sometimes, <laughs> Mr. Lancaster. <laughs> you gotta stop. You gotta stop. There'll be rumours. There'll be, mes- right. there'll be messages on the ship full of bombs group yeah. saying, when did you and Dan get married? Congratulations. Oh, we might get some good wedding presents then, Mark. Oh, no, that's true. Yeah, what do you, what, Actually, what do you need? Oh, do you know what? <laughs> I need a house. You need a house? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could, do with it. I could do with it. We could get a nice big house, live yeah. in separate quarters. That's right. Invite yeah, who we want annex. over. I'm quite happy to have the annex. Granny annex. Yeah. Oh, definitely the granny. Suits your yeah. age. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking more along the lines of... Um, I don't know, because that's my menopause brain. I was thinking <laughs> more along the lines of... Something and it's gone. And um, <laughs> this is my life, everyone. So we talk about my menopause quite a lot. And uh, <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I can deal with it. I can it, deal with it. <laughs> but I, I literally can't uh, mind read. Well, there probably wasn't anything in there. And who was there? But I think literally, oh. like I'm a bit like 
I'm trying to work out what you were trying to say and what or what you were going to say, but it's quite difficult. Well, it's interesting though, isn't it? Because if we um, look at what we were talking about a little bit earlier, Mark wasn't party to this part of the conversation. <laughs> I have been um, referred, and it, well, it's, it's, it's not funny, it could be actually quite liberating. Um, I've been referred by my GP for ADHD. Um, and apparently that's much more common these days, and it's also something that's quite common for women in the menopause as well. Um, but I don't know whether mine's been sort of around, if it's there, if that's the thing, or I just have a dreadful personality, and I don't my like My sister's myself. recently been diagnosed with ADHD. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'll have to, I'll have yeah. to, talk, yeah. to uh, yeah. talk to your lovely yeah. sister. Yeah. Um, but, but I think it's quite common, and um, for me... It would explain an awful lot and it would actually give me a little bit of peace just to, and I don't know how um, your sister felt, I don't know how Mandy felt, but, um, or feels. It's like it just, if, if that is the case, and it probably is, like I said, I did the questionnaire and I've been referred on. I've done the questionnaire too and I've got a form of it as well. I've never been referred, but I've done the, I've done the long line test and yeah. they say you're likely to have it at some degree. And it's it is that sense of then being able to sort of forgive yourself for your own or, or just seeing yourself in a different way because it's simply a function of your brain and how your brain works. So, you know, I work with people with all sorts of like learning difficulties course, and, yeah. and 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 um, you know adults and young people and. Um, people with special educational needs and, and, and things like that. And, you know, you kind of, you're all accepting of them or I'm accepting of them and I learn so much from them. And, you know, it's a really great sort of working environment, great working experience. But it doesn't mean that I'm not critical of myself. Yeah. And that you get very critical of yourself. And actually, if you can, I think it could be a way of me just offering myself a little bit more kindness in the sense of you're like this because this is the way that your brain operates. Yeah. And how you react to situations and how people react to you because of the situation that, that because I mean, it was interesting because I was watching something on uh, at lunchtime today and there was a, a, um, a gent being interviewed about Tourette's and he's got um he's not got sweary Tourette's as he called it he's just got like tics or you know like you know um like involuntary movement that type of stuff um and he um was speaking about it and you know he was saying for for, for years growing up with it he was like he'd get his mum to stand up on the train and like announce that he had Tourette's just to say you know actually you know, you might be looking at me very weirdly, but this is, you know, this is this is the thing that I've got. And then he he said when he grew up a bit later on in life, he started to then feel for the other person. So like, you know, if we were sitting next to each other on the train and you were doing some quite odd movements nowadays, he'd be very su suspicious over that. And you know, he said, you know, I, I feel like announcing letting someone know that I'm not there to injure them or hurt them. It's just that that's how my body reacts to things. That's how it is, and I think that is it's so important to speak out about it if you feel confident enough to say, and and understand your own body and your mind completely. Mm. No, most definitely. I mean, as I've I've worked um, and working with uh, young people, um, adults with things like Tourette's and um, different levels of autism, and just um, like things like ADHD, dyslexia, dyspraxia, dys um, dyscalculia. And it's, you know, 
and every day is a school day because you learn more about human nature and you learn more about humans and by, by working with all sorts of different people it makes me incredibly um positive actually yeah. it just makes me feel i just uh, you know i really I, I do really love my work and i feel very blessed to do it and to meet these people and to know to 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 know that and yeah so that's just a, that was a weird aside Actually, that was yeah. just a bit of a weird aside. It yeah, it's quite an it's, a, it's a fascinating subject. And, and say, I've, say mm. I've never been formally diagnosed myself, but because of my sister, she said, I, I talked to her about it, and she's, I said some of the things that, you know, I find it very hard to concentrate on one thing. I'm always doing loads of different things at once. I'm watching the telly, I'm on the computer, I'm doing this and doing that. And she said, just test yourself. And I did, and it, yeah, and I, you know, I've got all this, I've got all the symptoms, put it like that. Uh, it's not it's not severe. I mean, some some people are very very severe and yeah. they can't, you know. I mean, I'm not one of those. Some people with ADHD can't sit still and always running. I'm not like that. But you know, I find it very very. I always have done. I can't revise, for example, when I was at school, and I would imagine that's probably a, a symptom of it because I just can't concentrate for long periods. The only time where I ever sit down and concentrate is if I'm DJing. Because I'm, but then you're doing lots of different things anyway. But yeah, I'm actually, yeah. but I'm actually, but I am. You're putting it that you're on that one focus on that one task, you know. And doing this, you know, I'm I'm doing lots of different things while I'm producing. I'm looking at the sound. I'm doing the. I'm doing Twitter. I'm putting the playlists up and all that kind of stuff. But it's all that's at least you're concentrating on doing. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You know? I I think also that has a lot to do with the with something that engages you yeah it's very old and so i mean you love your music yeah. you love your djing you love your um producing yeah. and so in you know for instance i'm on the final legs of this teeth pulling course at the moment mm. and i cannot sit down i am distracted every yeah. two minutes by something and and it's and it's literally every two minutes yeah. and if it was something that I felt was really engaged, if, if I found it engaging, if I found it really interesting, if I, if I had any connection to this bit of it, because I've loved to learn mm. about teaching, but this bit of it, I'm just, it's, I'm doing policies and procedures, oh, you know, and, yeah. and also um, research. And, and it's just, it, it, it has no bearing on my life. It has no relevance to me other than a box i've got it like almost like a task i've got to get through to get a certificate yeah. and so i look at it and i sit down at my computer and my computers are on and if i'm lucky i'll sit down for an hour and i've probably got something like at least 24 hours work to do like you know hour for hour at least if not more and and i i i, I literally can't do it and it's it's very frustrating and i found that kind of process quite it, it, seeing myself in that state i find that quite upsetting you know it's the same with my house um you know people sort of see me out and about and i i like you know i like clothes i like to dress well i present myself well hopefully um and then i say to them but you should see my house it's utter chaos and people go i could never believe you'd be like that and i'm like absolutely 100% my house is chaos. I looked at it yesterday and I could have just wept. Literally, it was it was affecting me emotionally, the, the state of everything, just the piles and my um, 
my uh, ex-husband is probably listening. And uh, hello, Dan, if you are. And um, he's probably going, yeah, he's probably nodding into his radio going. Nodding sagely. No, nodding very sagely. Um, and, you know, that... And, and anyone that knows me, actually, that's been in my house will just go, yep. And it's... And I don't live with it because I like it like that. I live with it because I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. And I don't know where to tackle it. And everyone goes, oh, one thing at a time. Do you know where everything is? I do. But I'll tell you what, I've, it's got so bad now. Live, but bearing in mind, I've lived in the house for 20 years. Open a cupboard door. Every single cus- a cupboard might have a theme, but it's utter, utter <laughs> chaos. And 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 it, that can I'm, I can imagine how... That's also that's also um, a, a, a ADHD um, sort of trait as well, and so I. It, 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 it can, so you can kind so I can kind of forgive myself. Um, but children, if you're listening, doesn't mean you've got ADHD because you leave your clothes on the floor. <laughs> you potentially might have, but it doesn't mean you do. Yeah. So make it's sure you pick them up. Especially yeah. my kids. Pick them up, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, because actually they've got to yeah, take boys. they've got to take some of their responsibility. Actually, yeah, that's what you didn't say. It's just their rooms that look a mess. No, 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 no. In fact, the older they get, the more tidier they're getting, and the more. Oh, you're spilling my birthday champagne on the floor. On his shoes. His <laughs> fabric shoes. On oh. his fabric shoes. Oh well, if you're going to smell of anything, smell of. Beautiful English sparkling wine, not champagne, but yeah, it might as well be because it's delicious. Um, yeah, so just to change the subject and because we're here not to chat all the time about, because we've got lots and lots of stuff to catch up on because we have to do our telly and we have to do our films and things like that. It's a bit damp. It's a, bit <laughs> it's a damp glass. Um, but we're here for the music and... Remember, coming up, people, is the sort of Depeche Mode tribute and also the rather fantastic, now regular slot of Mark's seven-inch section. Ooh, uh, misses. He wishes. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about it. I don't know.
On a quick pause, didn't it? it? Whoa, that was a bit abrupt. It was a bit abrupt. Well, that's over. Sorry, sorry there, Emma Jean, and all that. Very good as it, very good as it was, though. You move um, into the microphone a bit. Sorry. So I'm just <laughs> trying to multitask. Look, you're just yeah. trying to make me multitask again. Okay, I'm just going to talk and not worry about the headset. But then you might hear some clanging and banging because they're very fiddly and. I'm wrapped around <laughs> everything. Oh, God, I give up. I'm just going to go one like I'm in Live Aid. Do they know it's Christmas? Uh, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I should do by now. I should do by now, to be honest. Uh, it's only seven months. I've been it? singing it since oh, what, sure, sure. 1985. <laughs> I should know it's Christmas by now. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting close to that I think date. It was where not, I think it was 1984, actually, Live Aid. No, no, Live Aid was, no. The Band Aid was 84. Well, I'm sorry. I wasn't alive in 1984. Were you not a twinkle? Not even a twinkle. Oh, no. When were you born then? 1989. Oh, God, I hate you. <laughs> no, you don't. No, I don't. But, you know, <laughs> I, I could grow to. <laughs> being so young. Being so young. Just, just my youth, that's all. Yeah. Young and beautiful. Okay, let's just... The shoe's dry, by the way, if anyone wants to worry. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I, was, I, I was losing sleep. <laughs> the bees will be on it tomorrow, yeah. okay? The bees, the bees. Good for the bees. Um. Okay, so... <laughs> just, Focus, people. I know we might all, all have a problem with that right now. Um, okay. So, um, Where did you get that test from? <laughs> Where's the questionnaire? Focus. <laughs> Focus, Dan Lancaster. Your new nickname, <laughs> by the way. Um, yeah, so the first track... Um, what did we go through the last ones? We didn't, actually. We went straight into the waffle. We've had... Focus. Head Stop for Happiness by the Style Council. And even before that, if you can be bothered to rewind your mind, we had this uh, that amazing version of Rock the Casbah with Ranking Roger, which I just think is pretty triff. There you go. And uh, I owe you one. That was my dedication to Mr. Mark Lancaster. Um, so with the last section we just ran, we had um, Positive Force and we got the funk. And they certainly did have the funk. We were feeling the funk in here, that's for sure. And then a show favourite. So I've been sort of looking over the last 50 shows that I was actually part of, which was probably about seven. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. Making me sound like a a lazy bum. No, um, and Stealing Sheep are just one of my favourite bands. And I I love them. And apparently they're really quite sort of... um, quite an amazing uh, live act and I'd love to go and see them so I'm going to keep an eye out for those this year because we were saying we're missing live music I wouldn't recommend Stealing Sheep though I think it's against the law yeah 
Don't do it. Don't do it, kids. It's actually it's actually compulsory in in certain parts of the country, which I'm not going to mention in case I get sued. No, that's not stealing sheep. <laughs> it's the other S. Okay. Oh, are you being um, racially? Dan, Dan, Dan's been really rude. No, that makes a miss, change. Miss, Miss, Dan's been rude, Miss. <laughs> I haven't got my teacher qualification yet, so don't worry Shut about it, that. Shut it, hubby. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Yeah, there we go. Um, focus, people. Um, and then that banging little number was um, Venus. Uh, by Emma Jean Thackeray and the Black Science Orchestra. And I'm sending that out to my lovely Lottie, um, one of the wives, who I know is listening this evening. So, um, hello. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, uh, all of you that bother. So, no point in mentioning my mother then, after 50 shows. <laughs> 50 shows. Well, to be honest, you've, you, you know, she, there's no point I listened to ones that Mark did. <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't know Mark really. Met him once, no. twice actually. Twice, I think I met him. Yeah, it's like um. I think I've ever met your mother. Well, she was at my birthday party. Oh, did you? Actually, yeah, I probably did meet your mother at some point. But um, yeah, my mum's really great. But mum, you can't hear me tell everyone how yeah, great no, I yeah. think you are <laughs> because you're not you, listening. Because you're not it, listening. It maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll just send it to her on a CD or a tape. Maybe I should just tie her down to a chair and stick <laughs> earphones on her. I, go. I wouldn't recommend that either. No, I, um, no, I'm not <laughs> recommending that to anybody and certainly not to your mother. She's got a mini mother's. disc player. Has she got a mini disc player? No. Oh, no. She's got a wireless. <laughs> but she does have the... She's got the DABs. She's got a... She sits there all day on her tablet, doesn't she? She sits there on her iPad. I, I wonder whether she's actually secret listen, secretly listened to every single one of your shows, but she's just not told you. She just probably thinks they're real... In your birthday card on Monday, you say, I was listening. I was listening. Oh, well, if you are listening, there's no point. If you are listening, <laughs> no, you're not. So let's let's move along. Okay, I think um, we're going to um, move into a little bit of a, a reflection on um, the loss of Andy Fletcher, which at 60 years old, um, you know, Depeche Mode really fundamentally were Andy Fletcher, R, uh, Dave Garn, Martin Gore, and of course Alan Wilder was there um, in, as in part of that. And a bit of a shock this morning because he was only 60 and we, you're, we're broadcasting from South End on Sea in Essex and Essex is the homeland of Depeche Mode and we're literally 10 minutes from Basildon. And... As a teenager growing up, I think one of the first things I remember recording on the radio was I Just Can't Get Enough by Depeche Mode um, and was just instantly hooked. I was very much into that electronic um, that electronic sound and that following that electronic sound took me on a real journey. It took me actually into Basildon from a place called Brentwood and... There I met so many good people. I was fortunate enough to meet a couple of members of Depeche Mode and for a teenage girl of 16 who was a huge Depeche Mode fan, it was one of the biggest thrills of my life and I just had to spend quite a lot of time pretending I was feeling really cool about situations like that. But um, Mark's also had some experiences and having met Andy Fletcher himself. I've just never really met Andy himself. I met um, Martin Gore, uh, met 
uh, Dave gone and they were always just, they were lovely gentlemen. They were always really lovely gentlemen. Never really met Andy, but I do have a bit of a tale about Andy. Um, and it took me on a journey to meet loads of really wonderful people that uh, also became part of an electronics band. Um, and so for some of them that are actually, some of those people back in the day that are listening, I know that um, Andy Williams, hello, saying hello to you. Uh, best wishes to Phil. They were part of a band called Medina Green. It, without Depeche Mode, these bands wouldn't have existed. Um, without the their kind of pioneering work and their and, and just doing what they did of course it was a really really poppy sound to begin with um, but then turned into something absolutely extraordinary and um, what a journey and that journey's not over because i'm sure they'll keep on um, sort of andy's legacy and you know martin gore uh, is an incredible songwriter um lucky to see them live a few times let's have um a few tunes then mark's actually bought in his sevens and we're going to do a little a little seven inch selection. It's quite an eighties uh, theme of, of tunes so far, and then we'll come. We might come back to something that comes through a bit through from their nineties era, and then we're going to come back and, and share a few stories with you. So um, I'm going to hand this to you, Mark. Okay, yeah. Uh, Depeche Mode were the first band I went to see live um, in 1982. I think it was, yeah, 1982 when I was 17 at Hemsophodian um, and I saw them three or four five times I think in total I met uh, Martin Gore and uh, Andy um, back in sort of the early to mid 80s probably the mid 80s at the Pink Toothbrush in Rayleigh they used to even though they were in one of the biggest bands in the world they still used to go to the local clubs very nice lads and I once one of the stories I once uh, saw them coming out of the club and uh, they were smuggling beer out of the toothbrush, which you weren't allowed to do. Um, and they dropped one on the floor and I just picked it up and gave it back to them and said, oh, thanks, don't say nothing. So I'm not going to say anything. Anyway, went outside, started talking to a couple of mates and then wandered over to Taxi Rank um, and they were there and we were the only three people at the Taxi Rank. We stood there for half an hour and they actually gave you a can of beer um, a can of breaker. If anyone used to go to toothbrush, breaker is horrible, <laughs> breaker. but it's awful stuff. But anyway, it was lovely, and they and they were lovely chatting away. And then the cab turned up, and I was on crutches at the time, and they actually said to me, they were at the cab rank ten minutes before me. But they said, no, you get in the cab, you go, and we'll wait for the next one. And they were like really lovely guys, and they were like massive pop stars, <laughs> and that, you know, band I adored and got to see live. So anyway. Uh, this is where it all started for me with Depeche Mode. This is Just Can't Get Enough. Yeah, yeah. 
you set me free And I just can't get enough And I just can't get enough You're like an angel and you give me your love And I just can't seem to get enough
just hear those final crackles, did you? That was that almost just completed the perfection of that seven inch that was leaving silence, um, Depeche Mode, and uh, before that, which was the one before that? Oh, it was The Meaning of Love, which Meaning is my choice. Um, I remember buying that as a seven. I still have my seven. I've actually framed my seven because the artwork for these were really, really beautiful. And, um, well, I'm just such a huge fan and still am. So, you know, reeling from a bit of a, you know, shocking sad news today. Um, but there, there they were. And we were just noting how, you know, they did set, they were this, like, really original pop band. You know, it was a new sound, that um, real electronica and then, it, you know, roundabout, we were talking about some great reward album is when they got a bit darker and then they got so, so, so darker and deeper. And I've seen them, I've seen two stadium um, gigs and, and one, uh, and I did see one back in the very late 80s. Actually, I saw Violator, the Violator tour, uh, Hammersmith Odeon. Yeah. Um, so that was phenomenal and then but seeing the stadium gigs they are one hell of a band that know exactly how to do it it it, they're just fantastic and you know they're such a huge band still all over the world i mean say i've got i've got friends through through my dj community um places like croatia and serbia and they are enormous in places like that and the states just ridiculously massive Play forty, fifty thousand seat stadiums, you know, and they started off at the Pink Super. Well, Crocs as the first. Well, no, ever I gig. think they started at Raquel's, which was even well, smaller. No, the first, the first ever gig was was the was Crocs. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They did Raquel's. They did. They used to play the Bridge House in Canning Town as well, but they used to do quite a lot of gigs at Super. I never saw them at Crocs, but I saw them at um, Hemsworth and I saw them at I saw them at the Cliffs in about eighty four. They did a hometown gig, which was. Uh, Pretty imp- well, it was brilliant because you know they were gods, weren't they? <laughs> well, well, they were, but also there was that sense of them being really down no, to they're earth. Just lads. They're just lads who made good. That's what it was. Yeah. They were, they were. I mean, I, I can't, I can't say that I knew them personally. I was just hanging round. I was going mm. out with a, a guy. Um, so, Mike, if you're listening out in Tokyo, which um, out in Japan, he probably will be. Um, so, hi to Mike. Uh, he was in a band called Dreams of Theatre. And oh, I saw them. Did you really? So that was, well, Dreams of Theatre, there was City 19, there was Medina Green, the whole kind of um, sort of Essex electronica scene, you know, really sort of took off and, and it really inspired young people. So um, Andy Williams, that I mentioned earlier, he was the lead singer of Medina Green. They took their influences more from the darker sort of soft cell side. Um, they were one of my favourite live bands. I was in a band called Oriental Influence. I think I saw Medina Green as well, probably at uh, Chester's. Yeah, well, no, Chester's on a Tuesday night. Yeah. That's where we all played. Yeah, yeah we I used all to go played. there. Yeah, so um, I would have been down watching Dreams of Theatre most definitely on a Tuesday night down at Chester's. So um, that was like... Um, the, one of these great little sort of underground clubs. Literally. But it was literally underground. You yeah. went down the, down the stairs. It was tiny. It was fantastic. And I was, I'll tell you what, I was in um, uh, Oriental Influence, which g- 
guess who the influence of that band was. Was it Japan? It might well have well, been. Well, if it's Oliver Gillespie, it was Japan. It was Oliver Gillespie. Bless she was him. obsessed with Japan. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Oli Gillespie was the... Uh, was the sort of mastermind behind that particular band and um his you know his big thing was japan and you know who who blooming doesn't love japan they're amazing um yeah the kimonos that we wore or you know might mm. might giving it away yeah, I, think, I don't know if i saw i don't think i ever saw oriental influence but um you, yeah you, you know, thank god for that <laughs> they were good i was terrible i just want to say i mean i, I I'll, I'll put it out there you were I, very young though weren't you about 14, 15, I was 15 and I used to go on a school night and my mum and dad used to drive me and they used to go and buy my pints. <laughs> and then I'd be at school the next day. Bad influence. It, very, very bad. This is why my mother won't listen because I'd be outing her on her bad say, parenting. Not listening, yeah, because very bad she parenting. Very You won't get a nice birthday present. But at least she used to come and see my band. Because she don't listen to my radio show, let's face it. Maybe, well, I'm just thinking, maybe she had a, a too much, <laughs> too much music from you. And now she's like, no, nah, I don't want to listen to that anymore. I don't want to. Do you know what my mum loves? Old. My mum loves the electronica. She absolutely loves it. She loves Depeche Mode. Um, she loves uh, Soft Cell. Loves Soft Cell. The funny, I think I've told this story on air before. But I wrote out the, of oh, course, Soft Cell are back. Soft Cellar back with the new yeah. album. They are. Sounding I he- brilliant. I heard some of it the other day because I went around to Pilot's and um, he played me some of it. Well, he played the whole album actually, but some of the some of the tracks, they've sort of tried to recreate that whole 80s sound and it sounds just like Soft Cell did 40 years ago. Exactly. It's amazing. I did it on, C- on CD, I think. and it Yeah, because he's got the science CD and the vinyl. But I heard it on CD and it sounds tremendous. Even the new stuff's good, but the old... St- so the old style new stuff is brilliant. And absolutely, because I mean, I heard uh, Mark Armour being interviewed on the radio the other day, and he's he's buzzing for it. I was lucky enough; we seem to have been a bit of an an eighties nostalgia, which is leaving Dan Turpin unborn. <laughs> Very unborn. It's all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm appreciating it. I'm biding my time. <laughs> he's biding his time. Um, but yeah, with the with the. The, I went to the Soft Cell Farewell gig, which was just incredible. And of course, there was no farewell. They're back and they've, they're they releasing a new album. And but a farewell gig is perfect to, you know, give you a bit of retirement and time off. Well, the nice farewell house in the sun. Yeah, but I think the, the farewell gig was just like, well, and what Mark Armand said, they were just testing the water to see if there was a market for Soft Cell. And there was a huge market for Soft Cell. Nice. Very privileged to have gone to see that. And it, it was stunning. Didn't you meet Mark Harmon at some sort of award ceremony or I something? I did meet yeah. Mark Harmon, yeah. yeah. I remember seeing pictures on the socials of you. Hugging Mark Harmon, yeah. like saying, I love you. Thank you for the music. And You're losing your cool. I you remember you had pink hair at the time, didn't you? I did have yeah. pink hair at the time. <laughs> That's a picture of a pink-haired woman like madly hugging Mark Harmon and him looking like... Looking quite scared. Oh. Probably looking quite scared, actually. And... Um, that was when people didn't dye their hair all the time. I'm blonde now because uh, coloured hair's boring. <laughs> so last week, isn't it? It is so last week. Hair's so last week, in my opinion. <laughs> to be fair. Apologies to all the listeners with coloured hair. She doesn't really mean it. No, no. It's, it's all right. It's like tattoos, but you can't do anything about them. They're passe now. No, well, we Actually, it was so interesting you say that because we were literally just talking about that today because my, um, sis- my old sister... 46, just had her first tattoo. Good on her. Excellent. And I said, 
Um, so I said, where week. did you have it? <laughs> and she said, on my foot. And I said, is that because, you know, when you get old, it's not going to wrinkle as much on your foot than it is? <laughs> well, it'll really wrinkle, but no one will see it. <laughs> and uh, she, I said, what made you have it now? Because I, 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 I said that. I said, tattoos seem to have just, I don't know, for some reason, over the last four or five years, tattoos don't seem to be as as big of a thing than... No, I think there's still, I think there's still quite a lot of marketing. Is there a, new, is there a new trend? I think for, for those of us... So I'm looking at Mark and I here particularly that like tattoos. I wanted a tattoo from when I was about 15 mm. and then it was really, it was almost taboo. Um, like his parents, yeah. um, my parents, it was a symbol of either being in the armed forces or being in prison. Mm. Yeah. It was n- it was no sign of class or breeding or, you know, or it, it kind of had a down market, a, a, a negative connotation. Yeah. And that, doesn't uh, that doesn't go away with time no, with those not. generations because my mum still oh, hates my, my mum just refuses to acknowledge mine yeah you know, you know, she's, uh, she's never she's, uh, the only thing she said I don't like them but she's never ever looked at any of mine and said I like that she, she hates them yeah, yeah, same same with my mum, really. And, of course, my sister went off the other day. She went off to Birmingham for this very famous tattooist. Who, um, well, I don't know if they're famous, but they're a very good tattooist. Mm. Um, did my cousin... Oh, and if you're listening, Lisa, then um, hello, because I, she's a huge Depeche Mode fan and I've been to see Depeche Mode with her. Um, but um, she has really stunning tattoos and she you know, sees this particular artist in Birmingham and my sister's just had this enormous one on her leg. You know, she had little diddy ones, that kind of experimental when you're about, you know, 19 and you first go to uni. And then she goes away. Building up to it. She goes up to the, goes up to Birmingham for the day and comes back with like five hours worth of tattoo in her thigh. Um, And it's like, whoa, okay. But it's, it's lovely. But, um. I think when it's when it's a um, an art form, I think it, yeah, because that's what it is. It's not too yeah, bad. I think when it gets a little, sometimes you know you can see someone you like really like. Why? Why did you do that to yourself? Why did you do uh, that to yourself? Yeah. I think they've all got me- they've got to have meaning. I've got a couple. I've been um, having quite a lengthy Facebook chat because I'm an old person and I do use Facebook. Um, <laughs> None of the youngsters use Facebook no. anymore. But there's a there's a site. Um, about um, there's a music site, and someone said, "Have you got anything to do with music on your, you know, or records or stuff on tattoos?" So then I've got an adapter, a, a single adapter. Nikki's got one as well, actually, but uh, I've got one on my wrist, um, and I put that up, and it had over 200 likes and maybe over 70, 80 comments. People saying, and that quite a few people said, well, "Why did you have it done?" And I, what, you know, not why did I have a tattoo, but why did I have that? I said, well, because you know, my tattoos mean something to me, and because I love music, and I love records, and I love forty fives in particular, then that is something that resonates with me. So I had it done, and at the time, I had it done, and not many people have had one. And it wasn't a kind of a flash tattoo. I actually yeah. took a, took an adapter and I said, I want that. And she goes, well, it's a good idea. And she drew out a sketch from it, and you know, and then. But you know, there, there are other people who've had it done as well. I mean, it's quite a few people. You know, Nicky's, Nicky's got one, and I know several other people have got them. You know, over the years have have got them as well. Um, but yeah, tattoos. Two things are there. Other people cover themselves with them just as, and they fill the body. Well, I've got a, one of my mates who's got a complete sleeve, and it looks it's amazing. It's yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I can appreciate the time and the effort that goes yeah, into it. And it's, them. Uh, the, the artwork's amazing, and stuff like that. And then other people, like, all of mine, 
have got some kind of meaning yeah. behind them. Yeah. All mine do. Every yeah. single last right. one. But I think I would kind of connect more of them if I had the money and the time and, oh my, yeah. and my pain threshold oh, hasn't th- gone down no, as I've much as it has. It's really, really, mm. really gone down. And um, so I would actually have liked to have gone into a, a sleeve. Um, and I think as I get older, a sleeve will probably look better. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it, it's a personal choice. Mm. We've, got, we've gone from Depeche Mode to tattoos. Well, Dave Garner's got a lot of tattoos. He's got a lot of tattoos. And let's face it, Dave Garner's hot. Thanks, Dave. If it's got to be said, I've said it. It's out there. Sorry, boys. Um, but yeah, so back to Depeche Mode. I don't. I didn't mean to cut off the tattoo conversation, but That's it's um, uh, it's another one that Dan can't really contribute to because Dan doesn't have any. But no, was it no. B- no, 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 and no. Piercings. No, no, no. Well, apart from the. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> the one you've seen, Mark. But oh, yeah, I've seen. On their wedding night. <laughs> <laughs> what, your wedding ring? Yeah, hey, hey. Or something else. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, filth. Absolute filth. Come on. It's like mum and dad talking about sex. Oh, <laughs> right. dearie me. Um, no, it's awkward. No, I, 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 I wasn't <laughs> talking about sex. What were you talking about? <laughs> I've thought about tattoos, but just never really got around to it. I, I, and now I think, I, now, now at the grand old age of 33, I think nah, it's too late now. Mm. It's not too late, but I think like oh, I didn't have mine till I was blimey, I think I was yeah. Thirty five, remember my first Twenty five no. was my first. Thirty nine had my first tattoo. Well that would have been in nineteen twelve when yeah. proper tattoos <laughs> weren't even invented. Right. No, I think I'm I yeah, you're probably in the Guinness Book of Records for the first first tattoo. First person. No, because I had one of my I've got one of my back I'd done for my fortieth, but I've actually got I had one done about six months before so I was thirty nine when I had my first tattoo. Do you not think like you know in, so in, in like 30 years' time, maybe not even that long, there'll be a generation of pensioners. Oh, there will be. Oh, the totally, of course there will be. Of course yeah. Of course there will be, because yeah. it's popular. It's, I mean, my concern is for people that do it when they're much younger. Yeah. Because, I mean, I started mine at 25, and I had one, and then it wasn't until much later. I mean, a lot of mine have been additions Recently. in the last sort of five years, mm. I would say. Um now, my skin's never going to get any younger, and it it is what it is. But like Mark said, every single one of them has a meaning, and every single one was something I kind of had to do. It was like an itch I had to scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And interestingly, going back to the ADHD thing, um, is that there's that impulsiveness um, that kind of just getting it in your head and going for it. Yeah, it was course. like when I got my nose pierced. I literally got up in the morning and went, I'm going to go and get my nose pierced. It was literally, it was that, I'm going to go and get my nose pierced. I did morning. that with my, when I had my nose, I haven't got my nose pierced anymore, but mine was even worse than that. I was uh, working from home. He did it himself? No. And I, about half past 11, I thought, it's nearly lunchtime, I'm going to go get my nose pierced. <laughs> and I just got up and went and had my nose pierced. And it took me 10 minutes to decide. And I went and I had it done. I come back within the hour, I had my nose pierced. And it's like, well, we need to work next time. So we got you that. Yeah, we so just. I'll have it done, and that's exactly what I did. But yeah. I think I think that can be an ADHD thing of that, well, of plus, just, well, that of just not thinking things through. Is there's that real being completely impulsive all the time, and I think sort of like uh, mid lockdowns and things like that it was much easier to get hold of my tattoo artist and just go, "Can you do this?" Yep, yeah, I'm in. And it's like, hold on, how much 
thought did I really give that but I, I still don't have regrets because it's it, it's like it's, it's a it's a, a map of your journey it's a map of my journey but like for a lot of young people I'd say don't don't do it no, think and about it. really think about it and know then have have an idea as to where you're going in your life as to whether that's going to be appropriate I now have to go into work because I always thought I was going to be in the kind of fitness of industry course, yeah. and mm. I always thought that was going to be you know, it was almost like a uniform to have tattoos and all of that because people are showing their bodies and you go in the gym a lot so many like real serious gym bunnies are, are covered in tattoos because it's about showing your body showing those things but now I'm in education I have to cover them mm. up but then no, I, I at least not have them on my hands or on my face or well, on there's, my neck there's a worrying trend for the the high neck and face tattoos lately yeah. and I'm saying, and I'm awful it's, I mean it sh they should be banned and they should uh, if I were a tattoo artist, I would refuse to do them. I think a lot of them do. A lot of reputable do. tattoo yeah. artists. Lots of reputable tattoos won't do it because it's because you know you cannot cover them up and you you. It's just a, I think they I mean look I terrible. Would, I would on that sort of shout out like um, Steve at Homeward Bound um, will not if anybody wants anything visible and it's their first tattoo he simply won't do no. it. If they're already very tattooed, like Simon for instance, mm. our good friend our beautiful comrade, um, you know, he knows her, he's tattooed her for years, so he, he, that, he knows her, but if somebody comes in and goes like, can you do this on my hands? He'd be like, no, no, I'm absolutely not. And that's, but then we live in a seaside town where people are tattooing for that cash dollar, yeah, yeah, yeah. and people are walking in, and potentially Holiday, doing that, yeah. and you just think, whoa, 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 you've got to be so, so, yeah. so careful as to what you choose to do. I have to say, my son is 18. Hello, Alfie. I'm going to play a track for you next, Alfie, but he won't be listening either. Because uh, <laughs> he's, he's good to see you've got the family support. Yeah, brilliant family support, although I'm going to have him in as a guest. He's been making some incredible music. I just want to share that. And uh, him and his friend Robbie have got an EP coming out soon. So oh, brilliant. it is being distributed amongst the ship full of bombs, friends. It's going to be, uh, it's, it's a young sound. It's a bit drill. It's a bit um, the other one. <laughs> Trap? No, 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 no. Grime. Grime, grime drill. Yeah, it's grime drill. Grime, yeah. yeah down with the kids. We lost a young person in the room. Um, yeah, there is a young person in the room. Because um, my show's full of drill and grime. Yeah, it's, it's non-stop. It's loud and proud. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say that, you put everyone off. But um, <laughs> just quickly to round up the tattoos is that he and I, and Joe wants one as well, so my youngest, on our eight, on his 18th birthday, we're going to get little matching tattoos. Ah, that's sweet. So he's going to have something maybe that just sits under his watch. Or I said, don't get that's it. That's neat, yeah. Anywhere that's obvious, somewhere that you can cover it up really easily. And but it shouldn't really be a thing, should it? Like that like employers should judge you because of what's on your... Absolutely. Like face or wrist or whatever. Like face, I think, is a bit different, but like, yeah, body. I just, just want to fin finish on a story. about. We were talking about piercings, and my really good friend Bianca texted me last Saturday. She won't be listening either, but <laughs> so I can talk about it. But I'll mention it, and she might give a listener. So she took her daughter um, to have uh, – she gave into peer pressure, and she took her daughter to have a piercing, her first piercing. She just turned teenager. And um, so they went into the shop and um, agreed that, um, while, while she was there that she'd have her nose re-pierced she had a, a nose re-pierced ages ago um, so um, she said she knew it was a bad idea 
because she's had it done twice before. Before, uh, you know, I'll be that cool mum with the nose piercing um, and uh, give it a go. Um, but it didn't go too well. Um, after trying, this is to say words. After trying twice to pierce it and nearly breaking the piercing gun, the girl in now, the girl in now, she couldn't do it. I proceeded to nearly faint and be sick on the shop floor. <laughs> Had to be put in the stockroom for 45 minutes with apple juice and mini eggs to recover. And now I have a painful half-pierced nose and, and a felt tip dot where she was trying to go in and pierce me. <laughs> <laughs> my consolidation is my daughter's piercing went perfectly with not even a wince in pain, but I got a full refund uh, and I got a full refund with free aftercare solution. <laughs> what a effing day. Um, but yeah, oh. so, you know, maybe, you know, don't try and be the cool mum if uh, you're going to get a piercing with your uh, daughter. That, that, was, that was my, my was thing. It? I was so petrified of getting my nose done. It was like, if it goes wrong and if it, if it, if it comes out, I'm never having it re- After having it done, I'm never having it done again. And then one day I had to get it re-pierced again. And I didn't realise, I thought I'd just asked them to put piercing jewellery in. And it was like, no, I'm afraid we've got to go through it again. I'm like, oh, all right then. And uh, so, but now I've got a piercing ring in it, which I don't imagine can come out unless I go yeah. and get them to yeah. take it yeah. out. Yeah. So I'm it's not going to heal up anytime done. soon. You're done for good what, now. What? So I've not had mine in for years because I had, to, I had an MRI scan, I had to take it out, but um, I, I had no problems with my most piercing at all. Oh, I've got a bit no problem. And I've my trage, I got, my, I got my tragus done, and it, never any problems with that either. I had that done twice. Mm. How's your Prince Albert? How <laughs> oh, is Prince Albert? It's marvellous. I've got that. I've got. I've got. I've got. A, I've got a Jacob's ladder. God, I don't even know what that is. Not that. I'm just going to play a tune. So, um, Mark, I'm playing a tune. So, yeah. Turn the mics down. Deal with that. Get these mics off.
like to party and you wanna get on down Let me tell you baby that you come to the right town Cause it's party time, you gotta get your groove up I know you wanna dance from night to dawn Baby got it going on, I don't see nothing wrong You dance pretty hot and I know you like my song So move it like that, racks, tap, tap Now we'll come for that you know where it's at
was that or was that not utterly holy? Kylie Minogue with a chemical brothers mix there of slow. I'm just like ready to rave. That's I know. a really, really good version that of that. That is such a tune. And, uh, you know, I know um, Lottie's at home, so my, my little dancing girl, I know she'd have been dancing around in her kitchen to that one. So you go, girl. Um, absolutely love that. We've got so, so many great tunes to play. Um, before that, we had I Know Where It's At by the All Saints. And again, let's go throw back right to the beginning of 2000s. And then we were just going... How fab were All Saints for pop tunes? Amazing. Great band. Amazing band. And actually, I remember seeing them on, um, I think they were on something like um, the Jules Holland programme, and they sang a cappella. They live, they can do it. Mm. They can absolutely do it. Brilliant. But do you know what? What we've all decided is that we've been... We've been chatting loads. We haven't all sat together in the same room for a long time. And there's a lot of love in the room. There always is. And hopefully you're feeling that. And uh, we're sending that out to to all of you lot. Um, But we've got tunes to fit in. So we're going to have a a seven section from Mark. And then uh, hopefully I've got time for two more tunes just to see you out. So we're all going to say goodnight. I'm handing over on vinyl. Here we go. Tunes, tunes, tunes. Bye. Night, night. Night, night. Good night, everyone. This is Stereo MCs.
very much mark for that um amazing seven inch vinyl section and just to see us out now we'll have a little republica
Shush me in the cinema! He shushed me in the cinema! 